And so while we're standing today, let's read as we read every Sunday morning. Let's read Galatians 2 and 20 uh, today, and let's read it from our hearts today. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. You may be seated today across the building. It is good that we can come together as a body of believers as we have been enjoying this Thanksgiving season. And my prayer is that you've been able to stay with family and friends uh, to enjoy uh, their time of being together and that you're having a giving heart and not a getting heart. And uh, a lot of times we want to get instead of, uh, uh, instead of give. And so I, my prayer is that you will have that giving heart, that you will give as the Lord has blessed you, that you are blessed to be a blessing to bless somebody else. And so again, I want to say thank you for coming today. I want to say I want to thank our bishop and first lady, uh, brother, and, uh, brother and sister Shirley Martin is with us today. Let's give them a round of applause today. Uh, this is a surprise uh, today, and so uh, it is good to have them uh, in the house with us today and worshiping with us today. And so uh, he's wanting to get a break, so I'm not going to ask him to preach. So uh, he has come to be with us today and worship, and so we're here today as we worship. Uh, if you have your Bibles today, hold them up high. That's the sword of the Spirit. I know they're in the pews. It'll be projected on the screen, but we're going to go right into a Christmas series as I begin in the next four weeks today, and the title of my uh, sermon today is Christmas with Isaiah, and we're going to go into the Old Testament today, and my series is called The Heart of Christmas. Uh, sermon number one, and so we want to go in, as time will permit, we want to get in to the Word of God, Christmas with Isaiah, as we start into the Old Testament, and then we will move around into the New Testament, but we're going to look at this uh, right quick. So if you'll go with me to Isaiah, the seventh chapter, beginning with the 14th verse, Isaiah 7 and 14. We want to thank those for watching today. Uh, my prayer is there something that I can say to you, to your family, to encourage you along the way as we get into God's Word today. And so let's look at this. Isaiah 7 and 14. We're going to go through a couple of passages as we go into this. Christmas with Isaiah, the heart of Christmas. Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. And behold... The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Let me read that again. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign and behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now go with me to Isaiah 9 and 6. Let's look at this. As the introduction is Isaiah has spoken and says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, 
and his name, here's the description of what Jesus will be, his name will be called Wonderful, he will be called Counselor, he'll be called the Mighty God, he'll be called the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, verse 7, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end and upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and just from the time forward even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this can I hear an amen to God's word the Old Testament prophecy is crucial to the gospel message that I want you to know today. The gospel is according to the scriptures. We see in 1 Corinthians 15 and 3, the apostle Paul, he writes and says, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And Christmas then is a good time as we begin to look at this to study the prophecies. We see Isaiah and the prophecies even about Jesus. The most eloquent of the prophets speaks of Christ and his birth and let us consider his wonderful instruction to the Savior as Isaiah revealed the following about Jesus. Now I want to give you a few points here today as Isaiah begins to reveal about Jesus. This is a hundred and hundred and hundreds of years before Christ was even to be born. This is what was said. My first point today is this, his miraculous birth. We're going to look at this through the eyes of Isaiah. As he says, his miraculous birth. And you got to get this in your mind. This is being prophetic. This is being spoken hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Christ was to be born. Folks, that's why I want you to know today how true Jesus is to our hearts and lives and how true that He is as others may try to make up other things about how we came into the world and how Jesus came into the world. I want you to know He was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was brought into this earth that you and I may have life and have it more abundantly. God sent His one and only Son that you and I would understand and see about this miraculous birth that was coming to this earth that you and I would be set free even before the foundations of this world. God formed and fashioned you and knew you before you even was conceived in your mother's womb. I want you to know the power of what Isaiah is saying today about the birth of Christ. Isaiah says in 7 and 14, Therefore the Lord himself 
will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning as the Hebrew word, Emmanuel, God is with us. I want you to know today that God is with you. God is with me. It is promised unto us before even the foundations of this world that God would be with us and that God would bring his son to save us all. Isaiah the prophet, he prophesied about the virgin of the birth of Christ. The virgin birth was a miracle. It was a miracle that no man could even understand. No man could even fathom. No man could even grasp about what God was going to do with a virgin to bring a miracle to you and I today. This miraculous uh, uh, birth that took place is surrounding the central miracle to take place. We see this as the angelic announcement as we see in the New Testament, in Luke 1 and 13, we see it in Luke 1 and 26, we see it in Luke 2 and 8, we see it in Matthew 1 and 20, how that God orchestrated that it would be the angels that would come even to announce to get ready for God the Father, His Son, to be brought upon this earth. Not only do we see it in the angelic announcement, we see it in the timing of taxing. We're always to be taxed, even with Mary and Joseph. We see this in Luke 2 and 1. We see the arrival of the wise men. You see, all of this is foretold. All of this is being brought out to get Jesus ready. Guess what? For you and for me, that the miracle child would come to save us all and that you and I would be set free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed and therefore we can walk in victory because His Son Jesus Christ, hallelujah, has been upon this earth. Listen, I want you to know it's the greatest miracle with the incarnation taking place in Matthew 2 and 1. Listen, the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 2 and 5, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. See, I want you to know today, God sees you, God sees me, God saw the future, God saw that he needed to see an ultimate sacrifice. Listen, all through the Old Testament, the priesthood and all the priests would sacrifice once a year for all the atonement of the sins of, of, of the people of Israel and all that went on. But God clearly saw they couldn't go by the law. They couldn't follow the law, the 667 laws through the Levitical laws. They couldn't even follow. So God said, there's got to be something else. And he says, I'm going to send my one and only son. He's going to to be the ultimate sacrifice for this world. And Isaiah brings the prediction and says there will be a child. There will be a sacrifice and it will be the ultimate sacrifice. 
this miraculous uh, virgin birth was a sign. The name Emmanuel, God with us, announced the incarnation. My second point today is this. His many names. He would not be only called Jesus. For the child will be born. And upon God the Father, His Son is given. And the government will be upon His shoulders. Everything will be laid upon uh, Jesus Himself. His name Gives a vivid description. Isaiah gives a vivid description. Not, does, not, as, not only is his name is Jesus, but he is called Wonderful. There's nothing no wonderful than Jesus. He is called Wonderful. These are the names that gives vivid description. He is Wonderful. He is Counselor. He is a counselor to you. He's a counselor to me. He is that that he is. And he says, I am that I am. And he is the one that we call on today because he will counsel us through all circumstances of all situations. He is the one that we can call upon. Not only is he the counselor, not only is he wonderful, but he would be mighty God. There's nothing any mightier than God, uh, Jesus Christ, and God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But He would be called Mighty God. That He would be the Everlasting Father. There's no other Father. He's the Everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He's going to bring peace. There will be peace. You may not feel like there's peace today, but it doesn't change Jesus Christ. He is still the Prince of Peace. He is still the Counselor. He is still wonderful. He is still the Almighty God. And He's the God that's going to sustain us as we understand His divine nature. God is going to be God if we allow Him to be God in our hearts, in our lives. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. I want you to know today who you are serving. I want you to know today who God is. He's not a God that sits on a shelf. He's not a God that you pull out of the closet. He's a God that's there when you need Him. He's a God that will be there when you need Him. And He'll be a God there when everybody else walks out the door. He is who He says He is. Listen. Wonderful in His birth. Wonderful in his life. Wonderful in his death and resurrection. The counselor who understands you. The counselor who understands us as today. He cares and he's capable and he's compassionate about you. He's not a God in the heavens with a billy bat ready to knock us in our head when we do wrong. He is very compassionate he is capable. He is long-suffering. He is very patient with you and I. Even when we get off on the wrong track, He is still patient because He is everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. No problem too big for Him to handle. He becomes the mighty God. He is the mighty God. All things are possible with Him. 
even the wind and the waves that were subject to him. Death could not hold him in the ground. Death could not seal him in the ground. He arose on the third day. He's seated with the right hand of the Father. And therefore we have victory on top of victory. And Isaiah said this was coming. And it did come. And it did come to pass. And now we can live in victory to know he went through death, hell, and the grave. He arose on the third day, seated with the right hand of the Father. And therefore he is now the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Listen, the everlasting father. Before Abraham was, it was Jesus Christ, I am. John 8 and 58, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Offered everlasting life, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth upon him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He is the peace that you and I are needing. John 5 and 24. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has what everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. The Prince of Peace brings peace John 14 and 27 peace I leave with you by peace I give to you and not as the world gives to you I give to you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid see that's the prince of peace there's others that are searching for all kind of peace there are people that are shooting up snorting up boozing up all through this Christmas season, everybody's going to try to get his tore up. If I can use that word for 21st century, tore up. That seems to be the new generation word that everybody says. You know, I'm just going to get drunk and I'm going to get tore up. Folks, I want you to know people are searching for something that they really don't realize what they're getting, Brother Martin. They're searching for things in life to give them a little bit of peace to give them a little satisfaction, to help them get through another day. But my friend, all that does is just brings more problems the next day. You might sleep through the night, but the next morning you're back with the same problem. You're back with the same situation. You're back with the same circumstance. People want to drown out their problems. Folks, you can't drown it out with other things of this world. But what you've got to do is saturate, hallelujah, the love of God in your heart and life and let the Prince of Peace give you the peace you need. Let the Counselor do his job and let him counsel you. Let the mighty God begin to be mighty in your life and you'll see things begin to drop to the wayside. Chains will fall chains will be broken and you will be set free whom the sun sets free is free indeed give God praise in the house today hallelujah hallelujah I want you to know the day that there is peace with God Romans 5 and 1 therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I've been praying through these weeks 
of Israel being in a fight with Hamas and Hezbollah. And it seems like everything else is trying to attack Israel. We even see some of the people in America is already against Israel. And I'm, I'm, it's just blowing my mind every day when I look at this. I said, Lord, is this in America? Is this going on in America? And, the, and God just reminded me, said, yep, the devil's going all over the place around the world because he knows his time is short and at hand. And folks, all it is for us to do to understand the Prince of Peace is for us to continue to pray and say, Lord, bring peace to our hearts, bring peace to our nation, and bring peace to Israel. Because we know that God, the mighty God, is in charge. And we know that He's going to have the last laugh. And we know that through it all, it's going to be what thus saith the Lord. And what he does. But we need to understand the Prince of Peace. He brings peace. Listen, the peace of God as we see in Philippians 4 and 6. The Apostle Paul writes and says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Here we go, here's the peace. And the peace of God, who surpasses, listen, who surpasses all understanding. You can understand today, I can understand. You can try to understand some things. But listen, peace goes past all of your intellect, all of your knowledge, all of whatever you have. It goes past that. The peace that passeth all understanding, the peace will go past even through your logic. Because your logic is not God's logic. He says, my ways are not your ways. Your ways are not my ways. They are far, far past finding. How unsearchable, God's word says, how unsearchable are his ways. They are far past finding. Oh, my eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered in the heart of man what God has in store for those that love him that's called according to his purpose. You can't even begin to scratch. You can't even begin to think. You, in, our, in our small, minute minds, we can't even grasp the peace of God, but it passes all of our understanding because it goes past that because He is our peace. Listen, my third point today is this. His magnificent, magnificent kingdom. Not only of His many names, but third, His magnificent kingdom. His kingdom. Not your kingdom, His kingdom. His kingdom. It is nothing for us to claim. It's nothing for you to claim. It's all about Him. It's all, the Apostle Paul said, it's nothing about me. It's all about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It's all about Him, a wretched man that He says that I am. The wayward 
the wayward man, the one that goes against the grain, the one that deals with the flesh day in and day out. We deal with the flesh. We deal with carnality. We deal with things in our life. But the Spirit overrides the flesh and causes us to be alive in Christ when we have the character of Christ as we allow the fruits of the Spirit to come alive in our life because it's not about me it's not about you but it's about Jesus Christ and him resurrected and him being resurrected in your heart and in your life because it's not about your kingdom it's about his kingdom listen his government to bring peace to the world not the government that we live in not the government that's running everything right now. It's his government. One day, as he still is and still will be, he will be in charge. He is in charge. Because every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Listen, because it is about his kingdom. He will sit upon the throne of David. I was talking to somebody the other day about this. I've never been to Israel in my life. And that's on my bucket list that I would love to go to Israel. Your pastor's never been to Israel. So anybody that wants to, as people are watching me live, if you'd like to donate some money to the pastor at VFC, I, I will take you up on it. And I will plan that trip to Israel because I would love to fly there. Whenever I can get back in there, if, if time permits and the war settles down, I don't know, don't know, but I would love there. But I said this to somebody the other day. I said, if I don't get to go to Israel now, one day I will be there. And one day you will be there. Hear me today, folks. You may never have been to Israel, but one day, if you're in Christ Jesus, we're going back. We're going to Israel. If you've never been there, it'll be the first time you're going to Israel because that's where we're all going to meet up is in Israel. Did you know that? We're going to meet there one day. So if you're not there yet, one day when God splits the eastern skies, one day we're going to be over there. Listen, Luke 1 and 32 says this. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest and the Lord of God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob, Luke 32 through 33, forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Justice will be found throughout his kingdom. Other prophecies of Isaiah about this kingdom, even as we see the poor will receive justice. Isaiah 11 and 4 says, But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with, with equity for the meek of the earth. And he, will, he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. 
enmity between animals end. Isaiah 11 and 6. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion, and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. The young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Can you imagine this? This is God's government. This is not the federal government. This is not the state government. This is God's government. This is going to take place, folks. No more danger to man from animals. Isaiah 11 and 8 says, The nursing child shall play with the cobra's hole, and the winged child shall put his hand in the viper's den. Can you imagine that today? No, you can't do that. But one day, the government of the Lord Jesus Christ, the government of God begins to change because it's not about what we see, it's about what Jesus Christ does as we see what He does. Listen, violence are taken from the earth. Isaiah 11 and 9, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all of my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. Can you imagine that? Folks, that's going to happen. Isaiah, as he prophesied over Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, the same way that he prophesied is the same way that's going to happen in the last days. You can take it to the bank because it's going to happen. The entire earth becomes productive. And I'm in on my closing here. Isaiah 35. And one says this, The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and bloom as the rose. It shall bloom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence, excellence of camel, of, of, of Sharon, of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the, the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and with recompense of God, and he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped then the lame shall leap like a deer the tongue of the dumb shall sing for water shall burst forth in the wilderness the streams in the desert the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land spring of water in the habitations of the jackals and where each lay there shall be grass with reeds and rushes this gives you a vivid description of the entire earth will become productive and it will not be under the federal government, state government. It will be under God's government and rule. It will be under His authority. Why? Because He is the mighty God. 
He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Counselor. He is the God that has the last say-so. And it gives us a vivid description of what is about to take place. And all we need to do is be right, Brother Martin. Be ready and be prepared because Jesus could come today. He could split the eastern skies. And I want to be a part of it because there's nothing in this worth dying for because I need Jesus. You need Jesus. Your family needs Jesus. Jesus, this world needs Jesus, and that's what we're looking for is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give God praise in the house today. Nothing else matters. It is a great joy of it being characterized in His kingdom. In my closing, Isaiah 35 and 10, and the ransom of the Lord shall return. And, the come, and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy of their heads. And they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Because there will be no more tears, there will be no more crying, there will be no more suffering. That will be all vanished away. And it will be God's kingdom on His time. On his schedule. Clocks stop. Did you know that? We're on a clock right now. Everything's being clocked. We're timed. That's our life. Everything seems to revolve around time and clocks and everything. Time will be no more when Jesus splits those eastern skies. It will now be on God's time. It won't be about you. It won't be about your family. It won't be about what you're going to do next week, next month, next year. It's on God's time because now you are in His government. And He's in charge. Listen, I want to encourage you today. Make Isaiah's prophesy to the Savior your own. Make it your own. Isaiah has prophesied unto us. And folks, it's not a fairy tale. It is factual. It is correct. It was right on precise, right on time. We've seen scientists over and over and over do archaeological uh, studies and digs and everything else has proven fact that Jesus has been Jesus, that he has been in a tomb, that everything has taken place. But listen, I don't care what anybody else says. The Word is the Word because he said in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And listen, the Word of God does not lie. That's one thing God cannot do. You say, well, Pastor, he can do anything. No, he can't. He can't lie. God cannot lie. He has to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth because He is the truth. And that's one thing you can take to the bank, that God's Word will, is, does not lie. It will never lie. And I want you to know that today. Listen, receive Him by faith and know our wonderful Lord. Receive Him by faith. Stand with me across the building today. Listen. God does not want none of us 
to perish. But he wants us to have everlasting life. Every time that I give an altar call, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart and life, listen, today is a day of salvation if you harden not your heart. If you have not made that profession of faith and you not have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and life, listen, I can't go around assuming that everybody's saved because everybody's not saved. Everybody says they're a Christian. I can say I'm a Christian. You can say you're a Christian, but are you saved under the blood of the Lamb? Have you been saved under the blood of the Lamb? Have you asked Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life? Have you made that profession of faith? Because, folks, that's what, that's what matters the very most. What if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? What will a man give in exchange for his, for his soul? Listen, soul is very important. Because let me say to, the, say to you to this, that your soul will never die. It never dies. When you were born into this, into this world, on this earth, your soul began to live. And that soul will never die because that soul is going somewhere. It's either going to heaven or it's either going to hell. It's going somewhere. It's not going to be stood out in, in, in an area and stand by in purgatory. Jesus says in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, listen to me today, no man comes to the Father except by me. Jesus Christ is the one that's going to save your soul. I'm not going to save it. The pastor's not going to save it. Mom and dad's not going to save it. Nobody else is going to save it. But you are going to have to call on God and say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I repent of my sins. Come into my heart and life and save me. Wash me. Cleanse me. And the Bible says if you believe in your heart, that Jesus Christ died on the cross, He rose on the third day, that He's seated with the right hand of the Father, the Bible says, Thou shalt be saved. Listen, we have to make that profession. We have to make that commitment. It's a relationship, folks. It's a relationship. Every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray today.